have something for you to hear. Check out this rockabilly slick Santa single by Greg Hoy and the boys called The Big Red Man. Hands down the coolest Christmas single on my playlist this week. Check it out. Welcome back to the Daily Jacks on AVA Live Radio. I'm your host, Jacqueline Jacks. Yesterday on the show, I talked about the memes that took EDM mainstream, the generation-spanning song that goes viral, and starting an explosion from a novelty song, including how Snow became an Oscar winner. If you haven't checked out episodes one and two of the most important music moments of the decade, you definitely want to go and binge listen to all the episodes. So today I am talking about 2014 to present. Let's see what we can dig up, can we? So in 2014, singer Kesha sues her producer, Dr. Luke, claiming sexually, physically, verbally, and emotionally abused, and that he did that to the point where she nearly lost her life. Dr. Luth, of course, denies the bitter case will proceed for a year, not just in the courtroom, but also in the public social sphere, where fellow artists like Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, and Katy Perry weigh in on the matter. It will also linger in the background of any discussion from that point on until today, actually, you know, the Me Too movement about gender and power dynamics in the music industry. That was the point that it started. It was Kesha in 2014. Good for her, standing up for herself. Also in 2014, November, Taylor Swift abruptly pulls her entire catalog from Spotify in a protest against the streaming service's free tier. She writes a message to the world saying music is art and art is important and rare. Important, rare things are valuable. Valuable things should be paid for. The star will return to Spotify in 2017, but her temporary absence promotes the industry and pretty much everyone else, because we all knew about what she was doing, to take a step back and realize how much power artists in the streaming-led era can truly yield as long as they stick together and hold their guns. I think she did a great thing because she really did open up a lot of lines of discussion for artists who didn't understand their value and didn't really know where they stood. They just saw the decline in record sales, people weren't supporting artists, and then they took little progresses forward. Like now you see artists are crowdfunding. They never would have done that if it weren't for this. You know, there's had to be someone to stand up and actually make it known that art is a value to people. Which brings us to 2015 in March, copyright lawsuits. A Los Angeles jury decides in a shocking ruling that Robin Thicke noticeably ripped off Marvin Gaye's 1977 hit, Got to Give It Up. 
when he wrote the smash hit, Blurred Lines, the Pharaoh Williams and T.I. ordering a multi-million dollar payout to Gay's estate. The music business warns of a ripple effect that will occur from that point on, Blurred Lines lawsuit that could result in dozens of new copyright laws and lawsuit filings, which more or less came true. I mean, that was 2015, look at where we're at now, 2019, and there have been tons of lawsuits. Well, that's where it started. I think it's actually a good thing because if you're going to rip off a song, why not just pay for it? I mean, is it really that hard to write something original and is it really that hard to give credit where it's due? 2015 March, Mariah Carey agrees to pioneer the new segment of a show that we have all seen. It becomes a runaway hit. Do you know what it is? It's actually the show with James Corden after he shows up in a car singing George Michael. Remember? The minute-long carpool karaoke series becomes a runaway hit and then everybody starts riding in his car to work and singing. <laughs> I know I've watched them over and over again. I've watched tons of them. Everybody's been in it from like Michelle Obama to pretty much every singer I can possibly imagine. It's snatched up by Apple Music in an exclusive first window licensing agreement that suggests a promising future for the music in unconventional new forms of media. This became that carpool karaoke that now we all know and love, and it seems like it's been around a lot longer than 2015. June 2015, Apple unveils its long-in-the-works new project, Apple Music, a subscription music streaming service that does <clears throat> exactly the same thing as Spotify. I mean, technical critics did point it out, and most underwhelming release of anything. I mean, Daniel E.K., founder of Spotify, said, oh, okay, just copy us, why don't you? But Apple's rival will prove a sleeper hit, as the company's savvy combines its hardware and software offerings for users and also signals to the world that streaming in this industry can be a two-player game. And thus, all these other apps start pop, 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 pop. And now here we are. Seems again like it's been longer than 2015 that we've been at streaming, but look at this. It's only 2015 where Apple got into the game and Spotify was there. And now we're 2019, it feels like it's been around forever. This is just how it goes in this industry. Truly, truly, truly. Speaking of streaming, July 2015, billed as a personalized mixtape, Spotify's Discover Weekly playlist is part algorithmic curation, part hand-picked radio a la carte favorite AM FM stations, and this amorphous playlist becomes so popular that it becomes an industry standard, with other streaming services debuting, discovering features of their own, and personalizing playlists forever, becoming synonymous with the music streaming itself. Yes, now we all have playlists, and we are all on Spotify, and now Spotify is a social media network. What year did that happen exactly? Okay, and last one of today, July 2015, the International Federation of Phonographic Industry shifts all global music releases to Friday in an effort to reduce piracy around the world. It also isn't an effort for artists to focus on their social media campaigns and reignite excitement about new music. A sense of occasion around a release instead of just, oh yeah, there's new music, great. 
Celebrating it on Friday apparently makes it more valuable, and it's citing consumer research that suggests that fans are more likely to buy new music as they head into the weekend. I think they're more likely to buy pretty much anything as you head into the weekend. But taking cues from Rebecca Black's Friday song, it looks like it worked. This is Jacqueline Jax for the Daily Jax. Don't forget to go back and listen to episodes one and two of most important music moments of the decade. This is fun. I'll be back again tomorrow. Oh,